Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. This is more of the entrepreneur's mindset. So in the most recent episode of the Disruptive Entrepreneur, I covered six entrepreneur mindset strategies because it seems that more and more discussed topics on the Disruptive Entrepreneur and in the various communities I'm in, people are asking me, entrepreneur's mindset, entrepreneur's mindset. So we've got another one, two, three, four, five points to go over on giving you a steely, resilient entrepreneur's mindset to survive and thrive, to scale, sustain, and ramp up your enterprise, whether you're a one-man band or a 2.4 million man band like Walmart is. Also, those of you just joining live, say hi. It looks like we've got a lot of people joining. That's great. How are you doing? So the entrepreneur's mindset part two. The first thing I would say is a bit of a, a reframe on something that while I get the concept... I think this is a bad bit of advice. So a lot of people say, fake it till you make it. I think it's bad advice. You shouldn't be faking anything about what you're doing or who you are. You should be showing the world who you are. And if you're trying to show the world someone you're not, an exaggerated version of you or an alternative version of you, and that's how you're showing the world, the world will give you back a mirror of what you're showing the world, except you're not showing the world who you really are. So it'll give back a mirror of who you're not. So you'll attract the wrong kind of customers, you'll attract the wrong kind of staff. You know, I'll give you an example. You probably hear a lot of people, you might have said this yourself, I know I have, you know, where I've said, I just want someone to love me for who I am. You know, when I was sad, lonely, depressed, and, you know, I hadn't had sex in a girl, (laughs) you know, things were bad. I just want people to accept me and love me for who I am. But the thing is, I wasn't showing them who I was. I was showing them a you know, either a very unconfident part of me or I was trying to exaggerate certain parts of myself so that people would love and honour and respect me. And, you know, I was trying to fill my void through, you know, other people and, you know, like I wanted to get their praise or, you know, their acceptance. And of course, that's a, a surefire way for vast and lasting unhappiness. So a better way of putting it, I believe, is being it until you see it, which means who are you authentically? You know, what are the strengths about you? And also honouring your weaknesses as well, because it's okay. I realized while I've been away here, I'm very good at starting things, not so good at finishing them. I'm very good at coming up with the ideas, but sometimes that's too many ideas and I'm not so good at maybe seeing the idea through 5, 10, 20 years down the line. And I guess I always knew that, but I knew that even more while I was here. You know, but that just because I'm not great at finishing things doesn't mean I'm not great at a task. It means that I've got to honor what I'm good at and build a team around me with the areas I'm not so good. So be it till you see it means... Be true to who you are, who am I, be authentic to it, and then show the world who it is, regardless of what you think the world will think about that. For example, I was just updating my author's biography because my book Money comes out on the 27th of July. I'm sure you know that already. But the biography is like, Rob's been featured in the BBC, the Wall Street Journal, the Times, ITV, Channel 4, and I'm reading all of this. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I have. And some of those TV shows or articles were, you know, pretty significant. 
I'm kind of thinking I'm not some major TV celebrity and the writing of it sounds like I'm trying to make out that I am and it just didn't feel right and I'm reading it thinking oh this is yuck I tend to do that anyway anything I've ever written in the past I'm like yuck <laughs> I love it at the time and they're like yuck but then that's a weakness of me I thought you know what that's all bullshit. so what you know people are going to like me for who I am and whether I say I've been on all these TV shows even if I have it doesn't make any difference so why don't I share a bit more about who I am you know the foundation that I've just started and just something unique and different about me and so I rewrote the autobiography for about the 58th time to be a bit more like, look what I've done and more, look who I am. And, you know, if people reject that, then that's fine. At least I'm pushing away the people who aren't interested in an orange bearded, gobby, <laughs> British. <laughs> and that's fine. So at least I'll then attract the people who are right for me because my autobiography is more about me and not about results and ticks on checklists and bucket lists and whatever else. OK, so show the world who you really are then you'll get the right customers clients team and everything that you really want but let me just add to that because you know this whole fake it till you make it thing I get what people are trying to say people are trying to say you know the future you is everything you want to be and the future things that you want to do and achieve which is great to have all these things that you want to achieve you know the future you will be that and if you don't have any confidence or belief in yourself then you'll never be that and Arnold Schwarzenegger was going around telling everyone you know that he was a famous movie star and the best actor in the world or however he was saying it while he was a bodybuilder, while he was an Olympian. And, you know, he was projecting a future version of himself. And he was getting accountability to that by telling the world that. And I've been doing that with my son, with Bobby, with his golf. And there's a big part that's good about that. So it's balancing. I'm going to be this in the future. I'm going to live it now like I am it, rather than wait till I die to become it. And I think that's where the fake it till you make it comes in. I think it's only become popular because it rhymes. But so does be it till you see it. So let's change the world by stop faking everything. But you have got to project a future version of yourself. So, you know, you've got to embrace and live your strengths now and not wait until you're perfect. Because a lot of people are, oh, well, when I've got a few properties or when I've got turnover a hundred thousand pounds or when I've got some staff or whatever, then I'll be happy. Then I'll feel content. But of course, what happens is you get there and then you just push the bar forward on yourself. And instead of looking back going, wow, three years ago, the old me would have thought this me was a legend. Now you're thinking that me three years in the future will be a legend. And I want to be that guy and not this guy. And so I'm unhappy now. Or even worse, you go, oh, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or, you know, look how many fans and followers Russell Brand's got on Facebook. When I've got 28 million, then I'll be happy. So balance the future you, but being happy living it now. You know, it's like legacy. You don't want to wait till you're dead before everything who you wanted to be you are. You need to live that legacy now, i.e. I want to be this person when I'm dead. I want them to say this about me. I want to be remembered for doing this and being this. But you can be that and live that now every day. So do that, my friends. By the way, a lot of this advice I need to give to myself as well. We've had a challenging week with Bobby and his golf and some really unexpected things happened that I just wasn't planning for. I'm completely blindsided. I'm going to be writing a report on it later because I know people have been waiting for these reports. I've had to pull myself out of a bit of a hole in the last few days. All right, great. So what you're struggling with right now, so this is the second thing on the part two of the entrepreneur's mindset. What you're struggling with right now, you can learn and therefore it not be a struggle anymore. So there were some things you struggled with in the past that you learned how to solve. I don't know, maybe you read some books on it. You know, maybe you got a mentor. Maybe you just battled through it and in the end worked out a way. You know, you got resourceful. You got creative. You got lucky. You had an idea in the shower in the middle of the night. But if you think back in your past, there are hundreds of things, I was going to say dozens, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of problems you had, challenges you had, difficulties and struggles that you thought, how am I ever going to solve this? I just don't know what to do. And then one day that problem was gone. 
And like you don't even feel the pain anymore. And in fact, you might even not even be able to remember what that problem or that challenge was. In fact, for those of you that are tuning in live, why don't you share live in the messages any challenge or problem you had or something that you were struggling with in the past that now you find pretty easy that you got through by learning, by attrition, by relentlessness, by resilience, by creativity, by resourcefulness, by borrowing an idea of someone else, by getting a mentor, you know, by getting a coach, by being held accountable, by having a word with yourself. You know, there's so many ways. So whatever it is right now that you're struggling with, and there are a load of things that you are struggling with because we all are. And you know that you know that and I know that. There are challenges every day. You know, you think you've mastered something and then something random happens. But just like you have before, hundreds of thousands of times, notice it went from dozens to hundreds to thousands, but we have problems every day, so there must be thousands of them. You can learn how to get through that. Now, in the previous episode, where I did the Entrepreneur's Mindset Part 1, I talked about getting coaches, being kept accountable, learning, reading, getting podcasts, audio books, any specific challenge you've had, someone around you has definitely solved it and you can learn from them. So just remember what you're struggling with, you can learn how to solve that problem and you can grow through it. And then the next time it happens, it's a lot easier or you just get a bigger problem. All right. Next then, the third point is the past does not dictate the future. So I remember I had this ex-girlfriend once and she always used to say to me, oh, Rob, my ex-boyfriend, he never did that. Or my ex-boyfriend wasn't like that. Or I want you to be like my ex-boyfriend because he used to do this. And I just thought, well, get back with him then, because I'm obviously not your ex-boyfriend. And it's like everything that happened in the past that she liked about him, she wanted me to be, or that she didn't like about him that she thought I was doing, she brought into our relationship because anything I seemed to do was like how he did it that she hated. And then all of a sudden I was just like him and it brought back all these old wounds for her. Oh man, I'm a confused enough individual as it is without having to deal with that. But that's what we're all doing often in business. You know, like sometimes something happens, a problem, a challenge, and all the emotions of it in the past, 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 you feel. Like, why would you react so emotionally to something that happens? I don't know, rejection or, you know, someone outs you on social media or someone criticizes you for something. And actually, it's pretty good feedback. And all of a sudden, you have all these emotions boiling up since 1985 that you've carried around this weight on your back. So the point I'm trying to make here is the past does not dictate the future. The past problems don't have to be carried forward to future problems. And just have some self-awareness to go, oh, I know what's happening here. All my baggage for the last 32 years is being brought up because of one thing this person said or wrote in an email or did. And by the way, they didn't mean to drag up your past for the last 30 years and they didn't even know that this was going to cause an emotional reaction. And, you know, they're not doing it for your benefit. They're doing it because they want to get some kind of outcome. All right. So how can you manage this past dictating the future? Well, things aren't always the same and things you do do get different results. If you're ever thinking to yourself, I've tried so hard, but I'm not getting the results or this always happens to me or I can't seem to solve this problem or I'm not made for this then remember the past doesn't dictate the future. You can get better, you can tweak, you can try something different, you can work with a new client, customer, partner, team member. You can just completely start again and rewrite your system. You can create a new system. It might just be a small part of your system that isn't quite working. All right, great. So next point then, only ever compare yourself to who you were. I think a lot of people are comparing themselves to who they want to be and even worse is a lot of people are comparing themselves to other people who they want to be like, or even other people who they don't like, but have got good results. I can tell you from raw personal experience, I'm feeling this right now. I haven't slept for the last three nights. I've been feeling this 
for the last three days constantly, comparing yourself or the results you want to an unrealistic fantasy or something you thought you should have had or would have got or someone else is doing is definitely a surefire way for you to feel empty, unhappy, beat yourself up. It's tough. And sometimes the weight of expectation can be the enemy of your feeling of success, progress or whatever. So when you're comparing yourself to others, compare yourself for inspiration. Compare yourself to pick out one trait that you like, that you want in yourself, rather than wanting to be like them and therefore de-pedestalizing yourself. Compare yourself to where you were two weeks ago, six months ago, a year ago. You know, like many of my followers are property investors. Let's say someone's been doing property a year and they haven't quite got the results that they want. And maybe they've only got two or three or I don't know how many properties. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, they thought they'd get 48 million in 12 minutes. Oh, well, I'm struggling. And there are other people who are getting hundreds of properties and making millions of pounds, which they're not. Well, what about the zero knowledge you had when you started? The zero books that you'd read? You didn't even know the basics. You, you know, you hadn't raised any finance. And now all of a sudden you're pitching to joint venture partners, even if you haven't raised the money yet, you know, you've got the confidence to do that, or you've raised joint venture finance, or you've got a few properties under your belt and you've built a bit of a power team. Now, warning, which was linked to the last point, you'll get to a certain goal. And let's use property as an example. You'll get to 10 properties and you want 20. You'll get to 20 and you want 50. You'll get to 50 and you want 100. You'll get to 100 and you want 500. you get to 500 and you want 5,000. I know this because this is exactly how I felt the whole step of the way. Mark and I got to the point where we're over 500 owned, co-owned, managed. And then we're looking at Andres Paniotu, one of our friends and mentors, about 8,000. And then it's like, oh, well, 8,000 isn't good enough. It's got to be 8,001. There'll always be someone more. But everybody's completely unique. Now, the only way to honor your own journey is to embrace and love who you are for who you are, rather than comparing yourself to someone else. So this comparison thing, it can be positive if it motivates you. It can be positive if it makes you do better, more deep work. It can be a huge benefit if it makes you focus and stop wasting your time. But it really can kill you if you're needing to fill your void of self-worth and you're always doing that via comparison. And we need to be positively comparing, not negatively comparing for our own sanity and progress. All right, next point then is your biggest fears rarely happen. So they say, don't they, that 99% of the things that you worry about never happen. I would probably say it's even more. Something that I worry about probably every three hours is something happening to my kids. There are people who don't have their kids anymore. And, you know, what could be worse than losing your kids? And every two or three hours, I get visions of my kids being knocked over by a bus or, you know, they're limbs everywhere or you know all the cruel things that you've seen happen to other people's kids I think about it every day and it's not even something I control it just seems to be inbuilt within me I have this serious fear of our business failing you know we have a decent amount of followers fans customers community members enough such that if our business failed or had real difficulties you know that would a hurt a lot of people We'd lose some trust with people. We'd definitely have enough critics. There are plenty of critics waiting for that to happen and they're going to be dead before that happens. But, you know, that's another big fear of mine. Now, none of those have ever happened in the thousands of times I've thought and felt those fears in my life. Of course, I hope that they never happen. They're not likely to happen. And maybe one day something like that will happen. And human beings are very resourceful and very creative and it will be hard, you know, and then you'll get over it and then you'll move on. So often we're frozen you know we're not taking the actions we're not making the decisions because we have this fear this procrastination this rabbit in the headlights 
of not doing anything in case, you know, this happens, that happens, this happens, that happens, this happens, that happens. And they mostly never do. And so the way to negate that, which links back to the first of the series I did on the entrepreneur's mindset, is the model of test, review, tweak, repeat. Test, review, tweak, repeat. One more, test, review, tweak, repeat, and then scale. Now, if you go and do big things that are of vast scale with huge risks up front or too early or when you haven't got the experience, those big fears you've got, you should worry about them. You should. The fear serves you. You know, like Frank's just said, false expectation appearing real. You know, a lot of people call that fear. And 99% of our fears are that. But some of those fears are real and they serve you because if you run across the road and you don't look, you're going to get hit by a bus. If you don't have this protection instinct, then you're going to make stupid mistakes. So, you know, there's a balance here between not letting fear freeze you, but at the same time, you need to dance with the fear and embrace the fear and feel the fear because the fear is real and the fear serves you. So how can you manage this fear? Which actually wasn't the point. Actually, it was your biggest fears really happen. But now we're talking about balancing both extremes, not letting it cripple you, but embracing it and dancing with it and listening to it and understanding its purpose. So in your business, if you're always feeling this fear, then start testing small. Make small decisions, small actions. You know, let's say you're running a business and you fear getting customer complaints. Well, why don't you do a beta version of your product and just get 10 people or 20 people to be your beta testers? You know, and if it's going to be a thousand pound, why don't you sell it to them for 400 quid? And the other 600 quid concession is a discount if they give you feedback and they answer surveys and they go through and give a critical analysis of your product. That's what you're giving them the 600 pound discount for. And so you get 20 people and, you know, they get a thousand pound product for 400 quid. So they're probably happy out of 20, 10, my honor and give you the feedback. And they might let you know that there was too much or not enough content in certain areas or it didn't quite serve them in this area, but it served them in this area. And then what you have is a much more viable product for your round one launch. And that's a smart way to negate the fear of having critique and having unhappy customers. And it's also a way to monetize it through the process because those initial 10 or 20 products, you've got a, a fixed amount of money for, which is great. So often we fear, have these big fears because we're seeing the big things happening, but we can negate that by just doing small things, very small things. You know, like if you want to write your own book, I mean, there's a book in everyone. The problem is it's still in nearly everyone. I know I've written nine of them. My 10th is out on the 27th of this month of July. So, you know, I know the pain you go through, you know, writing books and you're used to me in my podcasts and audiobooks and in live leverage, giving you little sort of leverage tricks and tools to make things easier, faster and better and outsource. And you definitely can do that for most of the things. But there are some things in work and in life and in business that just are hard. And I believe that raising kids is hard and there ain't much leverage in that. You won't hear me write life leverage for kids or raising your kids outsourcing raising your kids you know that's hard and writing a book it is bloody hard I've done nine of them and I do all the leverage tricks but it's still bloody hard to write a book but it's not bloody hard to write a chapter it's easy to write a chapter it's easy to have a coffee and 23 minutes just write and then have a 15 minute break and then 23 minutes just write and have a 15 minute break that is easy you can do that I can do that anyone can do that and then all of a sudden within two months you have a book because you weren't thinking about the book which was the big overwhelming oh fear you were just thinking about writing a few words, a few sentences, a few paragraphs. All right. Now, final one for this episode. I'm going to do a third part. So coming in a few days will be part three of more on the entrepreneur's mindset. 
Final part on this one is, there's a lot of people out there saying you can't. You can't do this, you can't be this, you can't have this, you can't go there. Well, who the f says? Because in my opinion, you can do whatever you want to do. And we have to be very careful. I watched a brilliant documentary about Dr. Dre yesterday and you know, the huge success of Beats. You should definitely watch it. I didn't catch the name. Have a little bit of research. It's about Dr. Dre. It's about Beats and his business partner. And his business partner was talking about a horse race. And he says, the horses are blinkered like that. They're blinkered like that for a reason so they don't see all the other horses and get distracted. And I know Winston Churchill had a quote, which I'll completely butcher now, but he talked about, if you stop and shoot every dog that barks, you'll never get anywhere. And so it is. There's so many people out there saying, you can't do this. You can't have this. You know, in property, oh, you can't do that. That's illegal. The mortgage company won't allow that. You can't do no money down. You can't do joint ventures. Everyone's saying you can't. All these people, wah, 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 wah. Ever seen Pingu? Wah, wah, saying you can't. What they mean when they say you can't is they don't know how. And because they don't know how, and you look like you're getting ahead, they want to pull you down a peg or two. And because if you've worked out how to do it and they couldn't, that makes them feel stupid. But there are so many people out there saying you can't. Well, as long as it's legal and as long as it's ethical and as long as you do your research and as long as it serves others, which most things on the planet that you're looking into, let's be honest, are going to be that. And if not, you shouldn't be doing it anyway. Ticks those boxes, then you can. So them because what the hell do they know sorry if you've got kids listening to the podcast but this needs to be said so you can who says you can't now by the way who's the worst critic you in your head all the voices because you know the voice of your parents the voice of your past critics the voice of you know the, the teachers that you hated the voices of everyone in your life that's caused you pain they're probably still in your head you're carrying them with you you know all the doubts the concerns the chat to each other blah 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 David has corrected me on my quote. He says, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. But shooting sounds better. Yeah, they didn't have guns. Oh, they did have guns back then. I'm not very good at history. But thanks for correcting me on that quote. I love that quote. You will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. You can do this. You're often your worst critic. Don't be beating yourself up. Don't be your worst critic. Everyone else is going to be a critic of you. And the more successful you get, the more critics and the more haters you're going to get. Let them do that. That's their job. They can crack on and do that and be stewing their own misery. Don't do it to yourself. You should be the one lifting yourself up saying, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Not by being positive and rah-rah and fluffy and forgetting to do diligence and research and taking considered risks and using the model I said of test, review, tweak, repeat, then scale then you're good. So let me just summarize these for you. Be it till you see it rather than fake it till you make it. What you're struggling with, you've solved in the past. You've solved many problems. You can learn to get through this current challenge. Reach out, ask for help. The past doesn't dictate the future. Don't bring your baggage from the past into the future. Every day is a new possibility. Only ever compare yourself to who you were and not who you want to be or who someone else is if that's you know, making you feel frustrated or it's never enough or you never reach your goal. Your biggest fears rarely happen, but often your big fears serve to keep you wise and in balance and to test small and not to take ridiculous risks. And finally, who the heck says, don't know why I've stopped swearing now, who the heck says you can't do this? Okay, so thanks for tuning in to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And remember, on the 27th of this month of July, my brand new book, Money, on Audible, comes out first. It comes out in October on the physical book. But I know most of my followers and listeners and watchers like it in audio. So we launched audio first. 
The publisher's done a great job of getting this out really early before the book. So we did this for you because a lot of people didn't want to wait till October. So on the 27th of July, the new audiobook on Audible comes out. It's already ranked 14 in all business books on Audible. It's not even out. So I'm, I'm really pleased about that. I'm also going to give two tickets to the brand new event that I've got, Make, Manage and Master Money for the first. I think we can fit about 200 in two venues. So it's 400. It's about the first 400 people. You know, that get the audio book, you'll get two tickets to the brand new event. If you want an agenda on that, it's a two-day event. It's very detailed. It's very deep on making, managing, and mastering money. It's not one of those huge pitch fests every 90 minutes, you know, that you get. It's a very content-led event. I've got some other bonuses that I'll be announcing on launch day as well. And all the profits, every single one. So for those critics, oh, well, Rob's just writing a book on money to gain the system to make himself a millionaire. He's just going to be making more money writing a book about money. Well, you know what? All the profits are going to my new foundation and my new foundation, the purpose of it is to educate as many people as I can across the globe to become better financially educated and hopefully financially free and then hopefully pass that knowledge on and especially underprivileged people and especially children. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting me. I look forward to the launch of the audiobook and your thoughts and feelings and feedback on it. It's a monster, 16 hours. I had this problem and I don't know if you've ever had this problem. But, you know, you go and look at all the books that are out there on money. And there are some good ones. There are some rubbish ones. There are some scammy, schemy, get-richy-quick ones. There are some dry, boring ones. There are some psychology ones. If you went and bought 35 audiobooks on money on Audible, which, by the way, when I was researching uh, for my book, I did just that. And I listened to all the ones I hadn't listened to. And I must have listened to 80 or 90. It's a hodgepodge. And there's anything everywhere. There's spiritual stuff. There's ethereal stuff. There's really dry text-based stuff. There's historical stuff. There's all this economics, which I didn't really understand. And the goal of my book, Money, was to have a book that encapsulated everything that there was about money. So it's like 85 books in one, but also written in my way, which isn't everyone's style and not everyone likes my style of writing. But I tried to make things sound simple and clear, even though I'm a bit wordy, and also pump into you the belief and the motivation and the inspiration and the emotion behind it, not just the dry text. So that was a problem I wanted to solve for myself as well as for all of you watching and listening on writing the book money and I hope it does and I'm looking forward to your feedback and I know you'll give it to me so thanks for tuning in and remember if you don't risk anything you risk everything Rob again stay with me here because I've got a gift for you I get asked for these a lot and I thought well I'll, I'll leverage my time and yours and I will put these four things I get asked a lot into a free gift for you so if you go to tiny.cc forward slash Rob's report then what I've done is I've written for you an article on the top 21 apps I use to create the mobile lifestyle. I've written an article on the 14, my most favorite educational, inspirational, informative documentaries of the you know, most inspiring people in the world. I've written uh, which ones they are and a, a synopsis of each one. I'm very well known for having lots of very specific goals, detailed vision values. So I'm sharing with you my particular document I use, I've PDF'd it for you. And also the fastest ways I know to make money for startup and scale up entrepreneurs. So I've written an article and a detailed report on each one. I've put them all into one. And all you have to do is go to tiny.cc forward slash Rob's report. You get those for free. I'll never ask anything from you. Spam, I'll never spam you, never sell to you. And then also once a week, I'll send you a new article or a new video content that's a bit different that maybe you wouldn't get normally from the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. So I hope you find that useful. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.